0: What is going on, guys? Farzine Visugin here with you for another episode of Farzcast. We are halfway through the month of June and almost halfway through the year. uh Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Hope you guys are doing well. A lot to get into here on this episode of Farzcast. The trailer for Netflix's quarterback came out this morning. A lot of reactions to that in Kansas City and even outside of Kansas City. So, Definitely excited to talk about that because I've got a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts on that as well. I definitely want to share a lot of NFL news involving Stefan Diggs, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Two champions have been crowned, including your Vegas Golden Knights. I'm very excited about that. Plus, we have a goat who retired over the weekend. All of that and much more here on this episode of Farscast. And here with me, Zach Segna, who has been on this podcast more than anyone else, Zach, welcome in, man. How have you been? Got to keep that streak going. I'm here
1: for that. <laughs> yeah, we. I'm we, doing great. Know,
0: we haven't done a podcast in a while. We haven't. I mean, we've texted back and forth and whatnot, but we haven't done anything like this in uh, in quite some time. So it's been a while.
1: I would say it's been it's been kind of fun though. You know, getting back into this, yeah. You know. Having you know previously co-hosted and we, and we would do this once a week, where every once in a while, I mean you and I both know <laughs> we would have those weeks where it's like, ah, yeah, we do need to put one out, but damn it. <laughs> yeah to so like now having it be the novelty where it's like, yeah, we're putting a pot out. It's gonna be fun. I mean, I don't know, maybe I guess for me it's just the feature thing. You still do it regularly, but I like it yeah.
0: So. <laughs> no, it's uh I, I okay, so I guess I'll address this. Uh, because we did I did put out the uh the poll question of uh the chief zone. Um a lot of people want it to come back, Zach. A lot of people want the Chiefs on to come back. I mean, I'm here for that. Shamelessly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll have um, I'll just I'll just address that. That is out there. I put a whole question up. Would you guys want the Chiefs on to come back? And very or oh, to my own surprise, like overwhelmingly, uh, yes, is winning like by a wide margin. Like like think of the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Florida Panthers last night it was almost like that big of a differential right there uh, in the, uh, in the vote. So I'm here for that. Uh, I mean, I, w- I will address maybe you that. You should
1: listen to the people and give them what they want. I mean, it's yeah, maybe part of my business.
0: Uh, I'll um, I'll address that topic at another time, but stay tuned uh, for those of you that uh, want more details on that. Uh, Zach, uh, I know we were talking before we started recording. You just had a chance to watch the, trailer for quarterback for those who are not familiar or maybe you haven't seen the trailer yet this is going to be kind of like a docu-series i don't know if anyone has had a chance to see qb1 on netflix or last chance you on netflix but this seems like it's going to be something like that and i would maybe even compare it to hard knocks a little bit where you have three quarterbacks patrick mahomes kirk cousins and marcus Mariota. And essentially they're essentially following them all year long. I think the difference between the major difference between this and hard knocks is th- this is going to be throughout the season, but also this was under wraps. Like people had no idea this was going on um until a month ago when they announced this. So this was uh, a, a well-kept secret. And I think, that was really important to prevent potential distractions. If you, and I don't want to get into this right now, but if you hear what's going on with Hard Knocks, a lot of teams are declining that because of distractions. Um, I talked to Jason Dunn about that on the podcast a couple of times, but um, this is going to be very interesting. The trailer came out today. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I want to know from you, what was, what's your uh, instant reaction? Because you just saw this about a few minutes ago.
1: Yeah. So, first reaction is that I think that it's one of the most interesting positions in sports. It's one of—I mean, it's really the only one that is—you know—it's the only one of its kind, frankly, where it is the most important position on the field, and it's not particularly close. Um, so, to get a specific lens, I mean, I, I'm i someone who enjoys hard knocks. Uh, it does certainly, of course, tend to—you know—loved the season with the Lions. Like that was awesome. Some of the ones before have just been kind of there and okay, but. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as someone who likes the behind the scenes view, I think getting it specifically through the lens of the quarterback is going to be incredibly intriguing. And I think they've got an interesting mix of, uh, you know, players on there too. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So you got two starters and a backup. Um, at least I'm pretty sure Mariota is the backup. Yeah, in he is. this year we'll see if that holds <laughs> out or not. Uh, but you know, you've got the best quarterback in the game by far and then Kirk Cousins who's kind mm-hmm. of Upper mid tier <laughs> um, depends yeah. on where you slot Dak Prescott. If you don't put those two next to each other, you're lying to yourself. Uh, but that's a separate discussion. But it's going to be interesting to see how you know how they really take it. You know how they're all different ages. You know different eras, different play styles. Um, it'll be intriguing. Like you I'm would...
0: definitely going to watch it. Let's well, you didn't mention the best part of, about it, which spoiler alert, it ends with Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl. That's true. Yeah, that it does.
1: Which I mean is exactly as it should be. Yeah, uh, actually, <laughs> you know, I'd
0: be very, I'd be very intrigued if they like follow them after their season. So like, obviously, Mariota season ended early. Kirk Cousins season ended in the first round of the playoffs. Patrick season, obviously, after the Super Bowl, like, what do they do? Are they following him at the parade? And then after the parade, when everyone goes home, like, I would love to see that here. Because here's my thing. Um, okay, Um, Like him on the field and his abilities, like, I don't care about that. I already know that stuff. Um, My favorite part about that trailer was him not backing down from Max Crosby and is like, I'm here all day. I'm here all day. Um, like I love when players are talking shit or whenever like a player or a coach is complaining to a ref. Like, I want to know what are they saying? Oh,
1: I would love the mic'd up conversations between coaches and referees. We will never get them for obvious reasons, but damn, it would be fun.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if we could get any of that, um, By the way, the other funny part is Kirk Cousins, uh, he took a shot to the rib. And uh, at least that's how I think I recall the uh, the injury that they highlighted. And he goes, did we score? He's like on the ground. That's his first concern. Did we score? I would have been like, where am I? Um, But but here's what I want to know with this show, because we saw some family life with Kirk Cousins and his kid. Uh, and his wife, I, I assume it's his wife or girlfriend, whoever, uh, and then obviously they're showing Patrick, they're showing Brittany, they're also, I mean, they they do those, wh- what's the word, I think they call it a confessional, where they're interviewing the subject, um, and then they show the subject for half the time, and the other half, while you still hear their voice, you see them in action, such as, you know, walking around or going wherever, it, it kind of like it what you see like on a Survivor, per se, Um, uh, you, you see, Brittany on there. Uh, the point I'm trying to get at is you know, obviously, and we've talked about this, you and I, and, and I've discussed this before on here as well, especially with what's going on with Jackson right now. Uh, but Brittany, I mean, there are a lot of opinions about her, mostly positive in Kansas City and mostly negative outside of Kansas City. I would be very intrigued to see if something like this, because again, they're it's not just you know their abilities, it's them as people outside of the field um and what we see before game day after game day like all of that stuff too i'm just wondering with the whole family life thing if they show maybe a side to Brittany that a lot of people might look at and say okay well maybe she's not that bad of a person that they at first thought because you know i mean listen th- there's no secret about this it's been out there and let me just put it this way too because i don't think patrick and his family would have agreed to this because and look I do want to get into the production side. This is Peyton Manning is the executive producer for this. So oh, it's NFL. Yeah, thing. it's NFL films, Omaha productions, and 2 p.m. Productions. 2 p.m. Is Patrick Mahomes, uh, his company. I did not realize until today that there was such thing as 2 p.m. Productions. So they are apparently a part of this as well. So they obviously have some sense. Co- They have some yeah. control with what can and can't go out there. Uh, But at the same time, I think it's like, you know, I don't think Patrick and Brittany would have agreed to this because they listen, if you hear the name Brittany Matthews, there is a lot of negativity that comes up when you first think of her name. So Mm -hmm. at some point, I'd be curious if one of the episodes, there's a segment where they highlight her and maybe get her side of the story with all the things that have been talked about her over the years. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think it wouldn't shock me for a second. Um, I don't know how much it fits into the whole, you know, QB thing, but I mean, I don't know. I I think that it's certainly something I could see them wanting to get out there because I think frankly, as with anybody who (laughs) would be, I think that I guess maybe I just empathize with her a little bit in this case where some of the way that I yell and scream at games, you know, you look at some of the videos of how she does, it's like, okay, well, yeah, that's, how people who get maybe a little too into it operate. And I do that as just a random schmo who occasionally hops on his friend's podcast, as opposed to, you know, the significant other of the most prominent player in the sport. So naturally, we're held to different standards there. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see through their eyes what that all looked like, because I bet it wasn't a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, Adjusting from just being, you know, a fan and doing normal fan things to oh, right, now these are the rules, because... So, you know, you're the MVP and people are paying way too much attention to me now. Like all of that. Like, yeah. I can see that being a real shitty adjustment candidly.
0: Can I say well, that on this cast? Yeah you, yeah, you can say that. All right. Cool. Um <laughs> no, you know what's interesting is they also show like the ankle injury in the uh in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, you know, how much of that are we going to see? Cause Pat McAfee was talking about that too. Hey you know, players have rehab early in the morning so that way they can be because if you remember the week of the injury and i i remember um when patrick had his knee injury in 2019 yeah 2019 dude the media and the fans here i'll tell you my dms are turned off on facebook now thank god probably but um that week i don't think i've ever had that many dms in a short amount of time where people were like hey is patrick playing is patrick playing and then even in the press conferences like the media did not even know how to handle asking a question about Patrick's injury or and whether his availability it's like people went nuts over that and if you remember the um the video that went viral from someone in the local media where Patrick is stepping down from the press conference riser oh and yeah his, mm-hmm. and he he actually did a um a press conference again later that week he goes i don't know what you guys are going to get from me walking out of a press conference it's like even that that's like a little subtle shot to like you guys need to calm down yeah so i i'd be very curious to see how that how that uh plays out if they show it on uh on uh the netflix series
1: yeah it's gonna be interesting to watch i mean frankly i'm intrigued by the the inside look at that position anyway but yeah. when you have our guy on there, yeah, of course, shut up and take my money, so to speak. I mean, in this case, they take whatever they charge per month and I'll just watch it once. But yeah, you get the point.
0: Yeah. By the way, I do want to address this too, because a lot of people are complaining, saying they don't have Netflix. And, and look, I understand maybe not everyone has is able to afford... A lot of people still have cable or Direct TV, whatever, and they just are not interested in all these streaming shows. And listen, and to some people's defense, it does kind of suck because... A lot of the great TV shows right now are on streaming services like yep. Disney Plus with all the Marvel and the Star Wars shows they have. Netflix has a lot of great content on that. I mean, they have for years. I mean, has some yeah, good stuff. Two weeks
1: ago, maybe three weeks ago, you had three of the you know, most well-reviewed shows in recent memory. All had finales within three days of each other. You had Succession, buried both on HBO or now just Max. And yeah. then Ted Lasso, you know, within the within a week of each other. Like, I mean, I guess that's just how they used to do it on TV too, where it was like you know season families and stuff. But it was just like, no, these are all just done, done. And some people were absolutely going nuts about it, and others were like, yeah, I just haven't actually seen any of those. I don't have HBO Max, or I don't have Apple TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple TV. That's another one where you know they they've been starting to produce good content. Yeah, listen, I'm not gonna say anything that a lot of people are gonna like. For those who've been complaining about it, I mean, that unfortunately is just like. I don't want to say the future. I mean, that kind of is now, but they're going to be pushing more for that. Look at the NFL right now. They have, if you want to watch every single, if you don't want to miss a, an NFL game, you need to subscribe to what? You need YouTube TV so you can get uh Sunday, Sunday ticket. Yeah. yeah, you're going to need uh, Amazon, Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah, for Thursday games. You're going to need ESPN Plus for one of the international games. And then you need, I believe it's Peacock for the one wildcard game. This year, a playoff game. So, listen, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Like the Super Bowl, one of the funny thing about that, it's going to happen.
1: Oh, that's I I don't know about that one. That's the one thing that I think. Yeah, even if they they do it with all the rest of it, I'd still be shocked to see that domino fall simply because with the NFL in particular, there's a certain golden goose mentality of this particular piece. The one reason the well, one of the reasons I should say it's not the one reason. One of the reasons the NFL is as popular as it is is because they did it a tremendous job of making sure it was accessible. It was on just you know the over-the-air cable that anybody could, well, it's the over-the-air you know feed, yeah, you know the main news that every TV in America could get. Uh, so everyone could see it, and yeah, the ads paid for it. Um, you know, there was no premium aspect to it. It was you know you're building your root following, and that's part of the reason that they command as much heft as they do when it comes to advertising. Same, especially goes for the Super Bowl. That's the main reason, like, that premium for the Super Bowl uh, ad space, you know, that they spend for that. Like, there's a reason, and it's because it's one of the few places where you know that you can get just about everybody in America's eyeballs for that specific period of time. Like, I I don't think they'll ever mess with that. But I do think that the more that they flirt with that, the more I think they're actually risking killing their golden goose a little bit. We'll see if they do it or not. They probably will, because... Let's be honest, that's what people who have a lot of money tend to do. They want more, and they yeah. see this as an opportunity to get more, even if it might you know, long-term cut their nose off to spite their face. <laughs> you know, it's what they do. Got to love it. Uh,
0: I do want to talk t- touch on this. Uh, to actually, a couple of players I, I teased uh, at the beginning. Uh, I do want to start with Stefan Diggs because this one was really weird. I don't know how closely you followed this. I tried following this in real time. In fact, I actually thought this was – anytime there's like a really big, interesting story like this Mm -hmm. or something close to this, I I like to look up the local sports talk stations in whatever city this big news is happening and kind of get their Mm -hmm. reaction. Because I do – I am subscribed to Sirius XM, and obviously you got the national view, but the local view is always important also. Um, So I immediately turned on – I don't know the station, but I listened to a a sports talk station in Buffalo – Listen, there's some people that called in and were like, yeah, it's it's June 13th, it's June 14th, there's no need to panic, but mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, what, what what what's Stefan Diggs doing here? Because it got a little weird. He was supposedly at practice or at the practice facility, and then he, for whatever reason, was not present at the actual mandatory minicamp practice. And when they talked to Sean McDermott, he, they asked him, are you concerned? He goes, yeah, I'm very concerned, which is not something you ever want a head coach to ever admit. 24 hours later, Stefan Diggs is at practice, and then what does the Buffalo build social media person do? They put, put, put a picture of Stefan Diggs and say, here he is. Um, and b- by the way, when I, when I was listening to the uh, Buffalo Sports Talk Station, they did talk about you know some of the drama and maybe some of the uh, disappointing moments. Guess what was the first one they mentioned?
1: Uh, him chirping at the end of the Bengals, Bill's game in the playoffs.
0: Uh, that know. was, that was mentioned. It wasn't the first one, but there's, there is a more significant one. You got to know this.
1: Hmm. What are the I bills missing?
0: collapsing?
1: Oh, a 13 second game.
0: Yes. There you go. It, it took yeah, okay. you 14 seconds, but that's okay. Damn. Um, no, that was like, that I was, was thinking the this one. most
1: recent season. So I just didn't even think about it at first.
0: Well I mean actually when you mentioned the the, the Bill, uh the Bengals uh game and, and it was weird cuz there's a Isaiah McKenzie who's now with the Colts he talked about how oh if it was a dome it's like what come on dude I mean you guys played against Miami in the snow when you guys were the fans were throwing snow at the at the Miami bench mm-hmm. but there was a moment in that game towards the end where Diggs is looking at Josh Allen like this mm-hmm. putting his arms up and then yeah the 13 seconds like that kind of collapse Um, cause cause I was listening on Sirius XM NFL radio, uh, a a few days earlier and there was a bills fan that called in and was like, Sean McDermott's on the hot seat. He has to be, it's like, wow, Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, for, for as good of a team as Buffalo has been and, and listen, let me just clarify. They've been a great team. But I felt like last year they were way too overhyped with how invincible they were Mm -hmm. with their roster and that nobody can compete with them. And yet, you know, they lose to the Bengals in the playoffs. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not here to, you know, say hit the panic button. But I think you even sent me a text after the Bills lost. Like some of their fans think the window of opportunity is now closing. And they might not be wrong. You You think so? Not to be, not to, you know.
1: It's so don't get me wrong. I view any of this stuff like you know as you see drama unfold with teams like the Bills. That let's be honest, there are two main threats to the Chiefs continuing to make it to Super Bowls, right? And that's the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, at least as I'm looking at it this year. We'll see what happens yeah, you know, elsewhere accurate. in the AFC East. Like there's don't be wrong, there are other contenders. I'm not trying to knock anybody else, but those are the two main barriers. Um and realistically, any drama in their camp. In bad for us, guys, it's really not. So yeah. I kind of view all of this with a certain level of amusement. I'm not going to lie to you there. But when it comes to the Bills, I mean, the they're going to be going, and the Bengals will go through this as well. We've seen the Chiefs start to go through it, and yeah. really in an unprecedented fashion, Um, when you've got your quarterback that you're paying that much, it does get hard to maintain the rest of your roster. That's just basic math. Um, you look at the salary cap and how you break it all down like you your margin for error becomes so much smaller when you have so much capital committed to one player and that's yeah. not to say that you shouldn't commit it to the quarterback cuz let's be honest some of those quarterbacks are 110% worth it what you can't do is commit too much capital to the wrong guy that you know will ultimately make or break you uh in terms of your your competitiveness and so that's why you've seen a lot of the yeah. Uh, up until this most recent run with the Chiefs, yeah, very rarely. I mean, the other reason that you saw the Patriots have such a nice long run there with Brady was because he deliberately took a little bit less money. And even back you know, in his era and when Manning was doing it, the quarterback money wasn't quite so nuts. Yeah, um, that's now really it has point gone too. absolutely crazy. I mean, we saw a lot of it here in the offseason. Um, you know, thank you, Cleveland Browns, for you know, the Deshaun Watson deal that, has led to everything else to just be a mess in the quarterback market since. Uh, again, we said this, I'm sure we can even, you know, somewhere someone can, you know, run through the old Cast files and, uh, you know, find the episode where we said, look, this is going to be a bargain when we signed the Patrick Mahomes contract back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we knew it was going to be a bargain down the line because we locked it in so early and we were right.
0: Well, here's the problem. And this is a good problem to have. Like like if you're a team like the chiefs or the Bills that have a lot of really good players, like the chiefs, for instance, uh, you look at quarterback, tight end, center, right guard, left guard, uh, defensive tackle, uh, kicker and punter. uh, and, And I mean, kicker. Okay. Harrison Bucker didn't have the greatest year, but my point is with all those positions, those are all guys who arguably are the best at their position. And if you think there's a strong case for someone else, at maybe right guard, okay, fine, but Trey Smith can't be that far behind. My point is, you have the number one player at so many positions right now that, yeah, it is. And I've actually talked about this. Man, in a year, Brett Veach, uh, that that guy is going to be pretty busy with a lot of contracts. Creed Humphrey, uh, I just mentioned Trey Smith, uh, yep. Chris Jones. Um, uh, Chris gosh, Jones, I Nick think Bolton, they're going to do this year. Nick Bolton, I, 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 another guy. I mean, you got a lot of guys. And then think about this. The year after that, you got to start thinking about guys like Isaiah Pacheco. What are you going to do with them? Jarek McKinnon, he only signed a one-year I'll deal. So, one. yeah, you know, it, 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 it's going to come to a point where, yeah, you know, this is pretty pretty difficult. And I think the Bills and the Bengals are – well, the Bengals aren't really there yet, but I think they the Bills are, are right now.
1: They're there at the end of the year. Yeah, they have to they choose are. whether they're going to pay Jamar Chase. Well, I mean, they've paid Jamar Chase, I think. Uh, they have to decide what they're going to do with T. Higgins, though.
0: That's what well, he, Here's another thing, too, and I don't mean to keep comparing the Bills to the Chiefs, but it's like, you know, when, when things Everyone go knows. wrong with the Chiefs. OK, what's the worst thing you've seen? OK, Kelsey pushed the at one point, but in four seconds after that, they they hugged it out. Mahomes yep. and the they kind of barked at each other in that Indianapolis game. Other than that, I, I haven't really seen, you know a meltdown of any sort between these players. Like, yeah, Kelsey at one point got frustrated, threw his helmet. Okay, he's just mad at his bad performance. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine. A lot of players get upset. Tom Brady threw a tablet once. That's not a big deal. Uh, But uh, in Buffalo, when you see things like Stephon Diggs put his arm up at his own quarterback, who a lot of people in Buffalo are thinking this guy's going to, you know, finally bring the franchise that ring uh, after so many struggles in the past, it's like... Man, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the the culture there is not perfect. And listen, I don't think Stefan Diggs is a bad person. I still remember when he was in Minnesota and when he left for Buffalo, I viewed that as a huge loss for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not doing terrible now with Justin Jefferson, of course. But, you know, I think when you have that kind of talent in Buffalo that is capable of a championship, you want the chemistry amongst the personnel to be in, in, in unison, at least. And I, I just don't think people see it that way from the outside.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a fair way to look at it. I also think that it's easy for, and this is where it does get a little tough to compare the Chiefs and Bills in this case. I mean, I guess you can compare a little bit you know, the way that the Bills reacted when they lost to the Bengals ending their season there in the playoffs versus when we had the same thing happen. Yeah, you know, We didn't have those sorts of discussions we didn't have those sorts of outbursts that we saw other than uh you know it looked like there was maybe a little you know heated chit chat with the enemy and a couple of the guys on the offense there in the the tunnel but beyond that you know nothing really escalated and i think it's just because players deal with frustration in different ways and i think that it also stems to the culture that was built internally if you look at how even keel andy and mahomes are like that's just kind of how they're wired yeah they're fiery and they're competitive but they're not you know, the type that really gets too bent out of shape. And that's pretty rare, frankly. Um, to have someone be that. And I I think that you know, that's not something that Andy had early in his career either, uh, which makes the pairing all the more perfect here in KC. Now, I don't know that they have that quite the same in Buffalo. And that's not to knock Sean McDermott. Absolutely a good coach, you know, not trying to knock the guy at all. But yeah. whenever you lose, it's it, it is not a rare thing for people to play the blame game a little bit because that's just how it goes. And when you're, especially if you're a receiver, right? You know, you have all this talent to do all sorts of cool things, but you're entirely dependent on another player. That's kind of rare as well. And so it's natural, I think, for them to certainly be like, hey, look, I was open. And, you know, I certainly thought I had this guy cooked. Whether you did or not, that's up for discussion. But I don't think it's, you know, wrong for Diggs to suggest that to his quarterback because guess what sometimes quarterbacks miss things so that's just how it works yeah. um but it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds i'm sure they'll manage to bury the hatchet you know so yeah. to speak. i, I, I think the along. most
0: important part is that he's at practice right now that mandatory yeah. minicamp yeah because you know it's mandatory obviously man, know, like, if he so- wants to
1: tweet out and demand a trade out of buffalo i'm kind of not going to be mad at it yeah <laughs> like, no, no, no one okay
0: here um <laughs> And that's not to say, like, in a situation like Kansas City with Chris Jones not there, I mean, people aren't really panicking over that. But at the same time, it's not Chris Jones doesn't have, like, any personal drama or at least not any that's been put out there that he has conflict with the team and and whatnot. But it's also easy
1: because he's coming off the best season of his career. Yeah. When you have the disappointment factor, it's amazing how different people read things.
0: For sure. Yeah. I I think the, the first the starting step is that he's at practice. Uh, mm-hmm. for right now Uh two other players that I think are worth discussing and I think it's better to put them together because they're both at the same position Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. and Josh Jacobs Um, let me start with Saquon Barkley uh, because he's seeking a new deal and there was this article that came out recently where you know he said that he's not demanding any kind of record-breaking deal and he's kind of aware that the market at his position is it, it, just different it's not the same teams are willing to take the uh, the risk um, there, but he feels like he's being perceived as greedy. Um, I don't know if he's referring to the team or if he's referring to me or maybe even both. Um, so there's that. Meanwhile, you have Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Very interesting spot with him uh, who also received the franchise tag. He wrote a tweet uh, a couple of weeks, a week or two ago. He says, quote, sometimes it's not about you. We got to do it for the ones after us. And Mm -hmm. judging to a fan's response, Jacob's reply to that, it looks like he's referring to contract situations and trying to prevent running backs from facing an upward battle in the uh, future when they want to earn the deal that they feel like they're worthy of. Okay, let me just say this. Because I do think the Giants had their, uh, without question, had their best year with Daniel Jones so far. And Daniel Jones in that game against the Vikings, uh, by far his best game ever. I think with... Both of these teams, and you look at the Raiders right now. There's a lot of uncertainty right now because they change quarterbacks when they had a lot of high expectations last year. I think these are two teams. Honestly, right now they need those running backs because, as again, I, I, I acknowledge, uh, I, I just forgot his name right now. Uh, Daniel Jones. He did have a great postseason game against the Vikings, but. Do you trust that to happen in the long run? And with the Raiders, I mean, Jimmy G, where's your level of confidence with him? These are two teams right now. And I know this is not the style of the NFL offense today, but those two teams need their running backs right now. I'm not saying pay them massive long-term deals, but you got to at least pay them something because if you don't have those two guys, I'd be very concerned for both offenses because there's not a lot of certainty surrounding those two teams right now offensively.
1: Yeah. I think it's just, you know, a bit of a challenge across the board, frankly. And I, I totally understand where Josh Jacobs is coming from, you know, saying that it's not about them. It's about the ones coming behind them. Cause I was just looking up, you know, here in the background. Uh, if you look at the free agency, you really only had, you know, I think three running backs. I mean, only three running backs that signed a contract value over 10 million dollars period end of sentence that's miles sanders who signed a 25 million dollar four-year deal to go to carolina david mm-hmm. montgomery signed a three or 18 million dollar deal to go to detroit and jamal williams from detroit decided to go down to new orleans for three years 12 million dollars so the money's not the same as it was but some of the people who are still out there sitting on the sidelines you know most recently dalvin cook you know one of the best running backs in the league for the last few years you know ezekiel elliott yeah. yeah, also Zeke's one of the better there. running backs in recent memory, Kareem Hunt, uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, the list goes on and on. And all, you know, all four of those guys I just mentioned, you know, they're 28 or younger. Uh, and so it's just indicative of the fact that the shelf life for running backs really is a lot less than it used to be. Uh, frankly, yeah. it, you know, in it, you you look how we do it here in Kansas City. You know, you made the comment of earlier when we were talking about Veach having to rework contracts in the future. You mentioned Pacheco as someone who he would have to pay. No chance he's been getting paid. Zero. They don't pay running backs anymore. They found him in the seventh round. They will find the next one of them in the seventh oh, round. Oh, really? Team. You don't think they've got Pacheco, another guy who you just don't, came in? No you chance. don't
0: think the Chiefs would, would consider bringing back Pacheco when it's time?
1: I'm, unless the price is absolutely right. And okay. that's the struggle here. Because if you look at the running back market as a whole, again, was just kind of trying to find, you know, a little bit of, I guess, data to back me up here. You know, when it comes to contract values, there's, you know, the top five in the league, you know, there's only three of them that are 50 million and above. That's Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry. And of those guys, you know, who has really had that massive of an impact on his team, I mean, Derek Henry, you you remove him from the Titans, the Titans are not the same team by any stretch of the imagination. But some of the others, like, it's maybe not quite the same. You've got so many different ways you can cut and slice this data, but ultimately the position itself is not as valuable as it once was. There's so many more running backs by committee. There's an understanding that you do just get beaten down at that position. It's just the nature of it. And you know, you get your four or five years if you're lucky and you stay healthy and you know, that's that Uh, it's, unfortunate don't get me wrong like i don't feel you know good saying any of these things for these guys because these are the guys who you know are going to have the longest term struggles on the line to you know outside of like the linebackers you know there's a lot of reasons that the old school you know ground and pound smash mouth nfl like those guys do struggle the older they get too and unfortunately now they're getting cut way sooner um you know they're making way less money because they pretty much get those rookie deals and then who knows because frankly, again, you know, looking at the free agents that I named earlier, you know, specifically Kareem Hunt, I think he may have gotten one extension, tops. Um, you know, Zeke certainly got his extension, but Dalvin Cook, I think, was you know extended maybe once. But I think Kareem was just just wrapped up his rookie deal. I'll have to look just to make sure I'm right. Um, yeah,
0: no, no, you make a good point. And even if you like, I mean, a lot of people listening are, are, are Chiefs fans. If you kind of look at the history with the Chiefs, you had. Marcus Allen uh, here for, and I know it, it was the tail end of his career, but again, that wasn't a long, uh, long-term long deal. And then there was a, a, a kind of a significant gap uh, until Priest-Holmes came uh, in terms of like a solid running back. But then you have Priest-Holmes for a few good years. He gets hurt. You have Larry Johnson for a couple of really good years, and then he gets hurt but also gets in trouble as well. Jamal Charles, same thing with him. Has some really good years. Uh, did get hurt but also came back but then got hurt again, um, but did have some good seasons in between there. Uh, I think Spencer Ware has dealt with that. Kareem Hunt, not an injury thing with Kareem Hunt. His was more uh, getting into trouble. Uh, Ever since Kareem Hunt, I mean, the Chiefs have just been kind of cycling through running backs. You have LaShawn McCoy for a year. You have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but you're also like being active with other running backs because of his uh, limited availability. It is very hard at that position. Like Even if you don't use the running backs as much, um sometimes you you just see these running backs take a lot of big hits um maybe more than the quarterbacks at times and maybe that plays a role in them uh not getting these deals that they want and we see situations like this. I, I listen, I remember what year was it? 2007 I just want to make sure. Yeah, it it was it was 07. Yeah yeah yeah. It was 07 cuz that was the year the Chiefs were on hard knocks. Um And that was also the year Larry Johnson was holding out. He held out for a very long time and into training camp um, because he wanted a new deal. And I remember that this was a pretty significant story at the time. People were wondering, is this guy worth the money? Well, the Chiefs, Carl Peterson, at the time the GM, made him the highest paid running back in NFL history. He just was not the same after that, unfortunately. Um, Now, there are a lot of reasons behind that, uh, both on and off the field issues, but... Man, it's like I, I think, in my opinion, the Larry Johnson contract that was the start of teams looking at the running back position and saying, "Okay, maybe we gotta rethink." You know, we we have other priorities in terms of who we want to pay and not pay. I think mm-hmm. I think that started all of this.
1: Yeah, well, on this again, it's just the longevity factor. You yeah. know, the reality of the salary cap means that you have to pay someone for what they're doing now not what they've done in the past which is almost impossible to do yeah. at the running back position <laughs> where you pretty much get your rookie deal and then that's kind of it uh, unless you're really lucky <laughs> um, you know that's the unfortunate reality these guys are faced with and I don't know the solution there because frankly I mean I look at I mean part of it's just the nature of the way that we run our offense. If I'm the Titans, maybe it's a little bit different. But yeah. the way that the game has moved, it's not about the running game so much anymore. You know, the last time we had like a truly dynamic, transcendent sort of running back, like Adrian Peterson, maybe? Yeah. I mean, y- the y- best running backs we've had of late. I mean, I guess Derek Henry, when he was at his peak, you know, that was absolutely difficult to defend against, and they had play action built around him. But... Yeah, you know, when I think of running backs who genuinely, it's like, oh, you have to absolutely game plan around that guy because he will kill you if you don't. Yeah, that's the last two I can really think of. I mean, Dalvin Cook does pretty well too, um, but not too many real game breakers out there. Other than, I mean, McCaffrey, who is a lot, he's a lot different. He's a gadget guy, sort of. You know, multi threat. I think you are going to see more running backs in the mold of McCaffrey coming out though, than you will the Derrick Henry types, the guys who are. Yes, they're running backs on paper, but they can do so many things catching the ball out of the backfield that, again, it's the shift from, you know, run to pass. And that's just the way. Lillie's oh, well, I
0: agree. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Um, I also well, think that if you throw a smash mouth Derrick Henry style running back in an offense like the Chiefs and you basically have that, you know, hmm, what are you going to stop? The Mahomes and the passing attack going over the top on you or the you know, six four, two 260-pound wrecking ball who's coming through the offensive line and, you know, good luck trying to stop him with a safety. You know, I think that there will be a resurgence. They're always... It's kind of the nature of things. It kind of swings back and forth. But I think for now, it's just a tough time to be, be a running back.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the position as, Gene... I remember when the Chiefs signed Thomas Jones... I don't know if you recall this, yeah. but I think uh, the late Jim Brown, uh, he was quoted at the time saying he didn't like Thomas Jones going to the Chiefs because... He feels like you would not have a down for down running back in Kansas City, and it's like, man, I remember at the time was kind of the start of all this. It's like, who's a down for down running back anymore these days? Like, there are a lot of teams that are McCaffrey, trying to maybe. utilize um, a, a two running back system. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, some teams are even happy with like two mediocre running backs and operating with that, and and it works just fine. Uh, yeah. I think the Cardinals. Um, do you remember Tim Hightower? Yeah, for, for, yeah, I remember him, and I can't remember who his uh, running back duo was, uh, his sidekick, uh, for lack of a better term. But, you know, I, I I always liked that duo in Arizona. Like, again, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones, but it was two mediocre guys that were able to find a way to
1: move the football. creating um, as a fantasy football GM, just for what that's worth. <laughs> um, Having to guess which guy is going to have the week where, you yeah, know, that's, it's a pain in the butt, man.
0: Yeah. Well, don't forget about those um in uh, same game parlays too.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I have stopped putting running backs in on that ever. Uh,
0: Dude, I could never do an in-game parlay. I just couldn't.
1: Like okay, oh,
0: I... if you if you do like a a, a <laughs> weekly parlay, it's like okay, maybe your quarterback goes down with an injury, but the the team still has a chance to win.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the, the worst is just, you know, when you're chasing, you know, I, I remember I did that for just about every Chiefs game this past season because it's legal here in Kansas. And like, you know, did I do it in large amounts? No, <laughs> but uh, you're
0: not you're not doing yeah. the, the, the whole Chiefsaholic lifestyle with the uh, large bets. No,
1: no, I, I, I like Banks where as a place where. But, but, my money, not a place where I have to go and steal other people's. By the That's way, do you think he, do
0: you think he will be <laughs> featured on the the series? No, like he's got to be in the background of at least one of the camera shots. I mean, he's got to okay, be. Okay, that'd at least be kind of them. funny. I'll yeah, give you boy. that.
1: That'd be amusing. But uh, um, what a weird story.
0: Yeah, that is. Um, he's still but, out there. He's, yeah, uh, it's there just hard there.
1: to predict anymore. And frankly, yeah. I don't think that. It, I guess the struggle that I have here is, you, know, you recognize that these players, you know, as humans, they have a very, you, know, you have a massive earning potential for a very brief period of time. Uh, you look at like Clyde edwards hilaire for example. Like, do you think he's going to get another deal as good as his rookie deal? Probably not. Oh no. Like, he, just because he's been hurt, which sucks. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. And you know, you, it sucks to see these humans who spend their whole lives working towards a thing that is now getting yanked away from them. But as a GM, it's malpractice to pay your running back too much now. Yeah. Now that said, I think the G- the Giants are a unique case study here, where, as I mentioned earlier, I made the comment of you know what, with the money that quarterbacks are making, as the way the salary cap is currently structured, can't afford to pay the wrong guy, and you definitely can't afford to overpay the wrong guy. I, I think the Giants might have done just that. If Daniel Jones doesn't come out and do the same thing as he did last year except do more, they're in a pretty rough spot. Unless, yeah. I mean they, they may have some structure built into that contract where there's some you know early outs or something. That's not I, I am not intimately familiar with the contract, so don't quote me here. But that's one that it's gonna be fascinating to watch unfold because I think that they may have paid the wrong guy. I'm not saying you go pay Saquon 15 million bucks a year because that's just not a thing you do for running backs anymore. But yeah, I'm not so sure that they should let him go either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think the Raiders and the, and the giants, they need those, those running backs right now. Cause if you don't, man, I mean, listen, I think it's already going to be a really long season for the Raiders. Not that you and I have an issue with that, but if the Raiders <laughs> want somewhat of a hope to at least compete, you gotta keep Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller's gone. You got Jimmy G who a lot of people think is no different than Derek Carr. Um, I mean, at least Josh Jacobs, you got to have him uh, to at least. But here's the other thing, just just as a counterpoint
1: for that. So you're the Raiders GM, right? You know that Josh Jacobs is holding out for, say, $10 million a year. If you have Kareem Hunt sitting out there in free agency and you can get him for three years, $10 million, why wouldn't you do that instead? Josh Jacobs isn't that much better than he is.
0: Okay, why is Kareem Hunt still available? Well, okay, let's know. talk about this. I, I I I I was not planning on discussing this, but you brought him up twice now, and I do think it's very interesting. Why is he still available? Because he wasn't used very much in Cleveland. Everyone knows mm-hmm. how things ended in Kansas City. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's not like you know his skills just suddenly vanished. But if no, they did I think you... he still got some tread on the tires too. If you haven't, I mean, yeah, see, that's the thing. If you haven't played a significant amount of snaps like you did in Kansas City uh, compared to his time in Cleveland, mm-hmm. you know, do you lose a step or two with that kind of, I don't want to call it inactivity, but not as active either? Um I don't know.
1: I mean, I think the, the interesting question there is that, I mean, you've obviously got you know him and Zeke. They're actually weirdly the same age. So is Dalvin Cook. They're all 27, yeah. which that's... Wild to me, as we're talking about these guys like they're old and washed and they're younger than us. Um, that's a weird concept <laughs> to me now yeah, um, <laughs> but on that part aside, Zeke, I think is done because he has been run into the
0: ground. his numbers yeah, have they, gone down significantly over the yeah, last few years. Not much tread
1: left on those tires because he was the only bell cow back for such a long time. And you know that those days are done. Dalvin Cook, yeah, kind of a struggle in his case. I don't know exactly what you would, you where where he would fit into the mix. Simply because, yeah, he had the ACL. I forget if that was a year or two ago, um, but it's not like he was bad last year. He was quite good last year, uh, and I think he could only. I I don't think that he's done yet either. Hard part is is these guys want long term deals, and it's how much cash you're willing to tie up for a one or two good years, which yeah. sucks. It's you know, just salary cap makes this a brutal business, man.
0: Yeah, that's the reality. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, it's a business. I know Chris Jones was not happy about the whole Frank Clark thing, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do what's best for you. Um, actually, I think this is the best segue to talking about the champion. I was going to talk about the Denver Nuggets first, uh, but I'll go to the Vegas Golden Knights because they just won the Stanley Cup in five games. So very excited about that. For um, the which time in franchise history? Uh, say that again. Is it the first time? In yeah, franchise it is history? the first time. Nice. Yes, yeah, first time. I know that yeah.
1: they had been the one because they went to the Cup their very first year in existence. Their first right? year,
0: yeah. They just didn't uh, win it. Okay, no, they fell to the uh, to the Capitals. Yeah, that was their first year. I do want to get into that first year in a second, though. But here is the thing with the Golden Knights. I, I mean, in their six years, they have fired two head coaches, and they have what one of their goalies got injured they the backup comes in he's playing great but then they go back to the original goalie Marc-Andre Fleury mm-hmm. and then they pay their the backup Robin Leonard, so they don't really know who they want to go with uh and then they end up trading uh Marc-Andre Fleury and I heard this on uh, NHL Network Radio today where they were saying man it, it kind of seemed like the Vegas Golden Knights were kind of the bad guys because they are making these tough decisions where they're firing a coach who what 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 was it two and a half years into the franchise's inception, and then they bring in a new guy, he gets them the number one seed. Uh, they go to another conference championship series, uh, and they still fired him. Um, but here's a crazy part, by the way, about the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, their win uh, Bruce Cassidy, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so exactly. A year ago today, he got hired by the Golden Knights. He got fired by the Bruins. Now, Zach, I don't know how much hockey you follow, but the Bruins just had the best regular season in in the history of hockey.
1: Tossed in the first round.
0: They got bounced in the first round. And not just that, they blew a 3-1 lead and lost in overtime in Game 7 to the Florida Panthers. Oh, by the way, Bruce Cassidy beat the team that beat the Boston Bruins. So kind of a crazy story and really just a crazy uh, 12 months for Bruce Cassidy. Um, it is
1: wild the way that hockey recycles coaches. Oh, it's yeah. not like the NFL, like don't get me wrong. The NFL has a pretty rapid coaching carousel, but the number of former head coaches on that carousel is not nearly as many where like they will leave. Like frankly, when Andy Reed came to Kansas city immediately after being in Philadelphia without doing a year off to do something else in the middle, that was looked at as kind of rare. Cause frankly, that just didn't happen a lot at the time and definitely doesn't happen now. You get people who will go from coordinator to head coach or from head coach to commentator or something. And then, you know, they'll come back as maybe a coordinator somewhere, maybe a college coach doesn't matter.
0: Well, Uh, I think the crazy part, too, is like even if you take your team to the playoffs and win a series or two, you could get fired. I know that just happened in basketball with uh, Doc Rivers, but that's kind of different because the team keeps falling short in the same place. It'd and be hockey, like
1: if the Bills go and you know they lose in the AFC Championship this year, and then they can Sean McDermott because it's like, all right, you clearly we're not getting over the hump with you.
0: Yeah, um, I can, I get what like, you're saying. That's there. the yeah.
1: vibe I think I got with the other way that the Sixers got rid of Doc Rivers. Yeah, um, and I think hockey does a certain level of that, but they also just rotate coaches so damn quick. Like I I get it. Coaches are easily expendable compared to players. They're way cheaper. Um, you know, if you're having a down spout uh and your fan base is getting pissed off what's the fastest way to fix that fire the coach get a new one in there and say it's going to be different because it's not like you could rehaul your roster that quick you can't um yeah. so you got to fire the coach and
0: hope that that works well by the way uh, i don't know how much of the game you saw uh it i think a lot of people who had no rooting interest in the game probably turned their tvs off early because this one was not even close um once but, it was
1: pretty clear. I mean, having paid loose attention to the series anyway, because yeah, I, mean, I don't have a team necessarily. So right. the new ones, like the Golden Knights and the Kraken, like I like seeing expansion franchises do cool things. Like I remember the Golden Knights. A lot of people of don't. A lot of people don't. Oh, I like see. I think see it's do succeed. Like, I mean, I guess like yeah. If, if say the NFL expanded and you know some team out of like I don't know where, where isn't the NFL right now? St. Louis. Uh, sure that'll work i mean yeah they get a team and they you know, run to the super bowl in their first year with a bunch of expansion you know picks oh okay boy. like that would probably piss us off yeah, be <laughs> here. but also like i did like the fact that a lot of those guys were guys that were kind of middling players you know they were the ones that weren't protected right i assume that's how it worked in the nhl i know that's how it works in any other sport when they do an expansion thing um you know it's the guys who Maybe have star caliber talent, but don't have star caliber opportunity. And they have a chance to kind of step up and do something cool. I kind of like that, frankly.
0: Like, see, I, that's I that's what a, a lot of people and think. I think. That's it's something
1: people, to be cool to see
0: more of. People think the Vegas Golden Knights did benefit from that. Um, being able to get those kinds of players that didn't really have much of an opportunity and got one in Vegas. Um, by the way, Mark Stone, the uh, captain for the Golden Knights, I mean, you can't have a championship moment better than this. The hat trick's obviously a huge deal on hockey. Mm-hmm. If you get one, everyone throws their hats onto the ice. Uh, there was an empty net at one point because, I mean, the, the Florida Panthers season was essentially on the line. Yeah. Um, and all the Golden Knights players were passing to, to Stone so he could go for the long shot. He got mm-hmm. one eventually. He missed a couple of times. Dude, it's only happened three times in the history of hockey where a player gets a hat trick uh, in the Stanley cup clincher. I mean, what a cool moment. Like you get a hat trick and you, you obviously have that moment Mm -hmm. uh, and fans are doing their thing, throwing the eye, the the hats and you got all the, um, the people on the ice collecting the hats while the music is still going. And then you, you pick up the Stanley cup trophy about 20 minutes later. Like that's a pretty cool moment.
1: It's the sort of thing, like yeah, it, it is fun to see people kind of live out that childhood dream, because yeah. you know that that's yeah, what everyone dreams of doing at one point. If that's their sport that they chose to play, yeah, you, you dream of being the guy who you know hits the game winning home run in the World Series or gets the game winning strikeout if you're a pitcher. It doesn't matter throwing the game winning touchdown. Like it's a thing every kid has done at one yeah. point or another, playing in the backyard or you know shooting on the Nerf hoop or the neighbor's basketball hoop or whatever.
0: You yeah, know that's it's a thing. Um, And it's kind of cool to see it happen. Yeah, that was really nice. You know what's so by by, by the people have asked me why are you a Vegas fan? I mean, I go there frequently. Um, I I tried to get behind the St. Louis Blues, but I just couldn't. Uh, I was happy when they beat the Bruins a few years ago in the um, in the Stanley Cup. Uh, more more so because it was Boston than anything else. Uh, but there are obviously uh, a lot of Blues fans in the air. But I just could not get behind the Blues. Whereas with Vegas, I do have an emotional attachment to that city. Because people are like, oh, that's where the Raiders are. It's like, so? There are yeah, a lot of people. The here...
1: Golden Knights were there first.
0: The, yeah, before the Raiders even considered it. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of people here who cheer for the Avalanche or the Nuggets or the Lakers. Like, I mean, there are AFC West rivals in those cities, too. I hate when people... Cross post sports like that, it's like it's completely irrelevant. Um, but I, I the, agree with you. You
1: shouldn't be limited to just one city. By the same token, I do not have patience for those who, like you know, when I was growing up, you know, they're a Yankees fan, they're a Lakers fan, they're I don't know, okay, Patriots yes, fan. I agree. Like, those type, I have zero patience
0: for. Yeah, if that's if not acceptable, if but. your teams are the Lakers and the Cowboys. And the Manchester Red Sox United or whatever. It's yeah, like, it's like oh yeah, come so on, I just drew it for the big names because you know oh, yeah. it's just like yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I like the Lakers and Golden Knights. I don't have an NBA or a hockey team here, so I think I have the right. freedom to kind of explore. Um, and anyway, like, yeah, I I
1: wouldn't blame. I mean, don't be me wrong. We've been Chiefs fans for back before it was cool. Uh, yes, you know, we, we remember the Peoli years and the Todd Haley years, and Matt freaking oh, Castle. Oh, the and, Pioli you know, years, yes, all, all of that. Yeah. Anyway, we don't need to. None of us need that negativity in our lives. So we'll drop that piece. Um, But it does make the Mahomes era all that much more fun. Yeah. Uh, Same way that, you know, the years of royal suckage that we had growing up where, you know, realistically, it was a question of, I I genuinely remember Joe Posnanski was the sports columnist here for the Star. And this was back when we would actually get the newspaper because it was, you know. it was a thing the internet wasn't quite as prevalent as it is now which makes me sound and feel old but whatever not the point i remember he had a running gag every year where it was you know he would keep track of when he wrote the column of like well this royal season's over we won't be having competitive baseball in september um and it was just kind of a running gag of how long it would take him to write the well we're out of it column um that made 2014 and 15 all the sweeter yeah anyway i still I still remember game.
0: interning for eight ten and helping uh Jason Anderson break the story that we traded for Yusky betancourt. Good times anyway, uh one other thing I did want to say about Vegas, um you know so the other reason why I'm such a big fan, like I immediately supported the team the moment it was announced, mm-hmm. but I really just fell in love with the team and it happened during kind of a tragic week too, where the Vegas shooting happened, and people were just heartbroken. It was recorded as one of the biggest mass shootings of all time if I recall correctly but um that team did bring the city together and with their hot run to the um to the Stanley Cup in its inaugural season that was kind of a, a focal point where hey this happened early on in the season and this team did bring the city together in this manner sports has a weird way of doing that I know the Red Sox did something similar after the yeah. Boston bombings yeah. um I mean Saints, that's
1: just you know picking up after Katrina and all that like yeah, we don't yeah. think of you know those stories where it's you know ah, Boston strong or you know Vegas strong or I don't think New Orleans used the same thing but you know, the similar, yeah the resilience factor and yeah you know, the one time the Yankees were actually like all right that was kind of cool where you know the president's throwing the first pitch out after the baseball or the first pitch of the baseball game out after nine eleven and all that stuff should be like you know sports is the one place where things can you can go back and it can just be normal yeah a little bit yeah uh, you know, I do like that aspect of things
0: uh you. You're not from Denver, but you've got some family from the Denver area. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So do you have like any nuggets, like any emotional attachment to the nuggets or what?
1: I mean, more of my attachment to the nuggets is just, you know, the, so I don't have an NBA team, of course, being a Kansas city fan, but I'm a Jayhawk. So I have lots of players. (laughs) Um, Oh, there you go. Of course, being one of them as a fellow blue Valley Northwest alum, uh, it's kind of cool to see that all go down. (laughs) Um, So.
0: Well, I saw yeah. KU post something, I think, that he won a state title with Northwest, and then he won a he won a championship last yeah. year, and now he just won an NBA championship.
1: Yeah, so the big thing that was getting all the run was the notion of having won the NCAA title one year, get drafted, win the NBA title the following. There's only five players who have done that, and it's Christian Brown, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, and two other guys who are not nearly as prominent as the other two. Um,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought I thought that that was also Wayne Simeon. It happened in his second year. For yeah. some reason, I thought it was his first year.
1: But Wayne Simeon didn't win the. Uh, I don't think he won the NCAA. Oh
0: no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, that, he just, that, That's
1: just a Jayhawk who won it in like his first season. I think. Yeah, because um, I think he got drafted by the Heat. You know, when it was yeah. Shaq and Dwayne Wade doing their thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that part aside, you know, most of my rooting interest was. I liked seeing the fact that these were two teams that weren't super team style, if that makes sense. Jokic is a player intrigues me very much because it's like, this dude does not look like he belongs dominating the NBA the way he's dominating the NBA. He looks like the dude who's just cooking at the Y in terms of like, he just he plays that fundamental, you know, just smart basketball, which again, you I one of the things that I've always enjoyed about the NBA is that it's guys like LeBron who can do stuff that you can't see anyplace else. Like yeah. there's, you know the collection of the handful of humans who could do this really cool stuff that other people just can't. That's kind of neat. Um rarely do you see like Jokic is just such a fascinating player in that regard. Um and yeah you know, the Nuggets as a whole just it's an organization that was built you know with yeah a couple of stars but it wasn't like ah oh, yes we're going to go into free agency and you know build this mega team like they built it through the draft um uh, yeah. which was you know and in today's nba is super unique the heat pretty much did it the same way with the exception of they signed jimmy butler in free agency i think or maybe they got him traded i don't know exactly but you know their incredibly gritty story of the way that yeah they were the 8 seed and managed to run through the playoffs, knocking off the number one seeded Boston Celtics. Yeah, Rough year to be a Boston fan, but hey, they had a good run, so I'm sure they're fine. Um, yeah, just kind of an interesting finals to watch. And frankly, I've watched way more NBA basketball this year just because I was gambling on it, let's be honest here.
0: Oh, well, there you go. What do you want, DraftKings? Yeah. Okay, that's the place to be. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've well, used – so the funny thing is is that <laughs> – The one that I use most frequently is DraftKings. It's also the one that out out of all of the ones that, you know, there was MGM, there was Caesars, there's Barstool, DraftKings, all of those. uh, Back in September, when they all came live here in the state of Kansas, they all had all sorts of different promos where you could, you know, bet $50, win $200 in free bets or whatever. And yeah, yeah, those would be typically dispersed. I know for MGM in particular and Barstool is the same way. Yeah, those two hundred dollars of free bets were dispor- dispersed as like four fifty dollar bets. So I put those on Mahomes to win the MVP and the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Suffice it to say, I did pretty well on those ones. Oh, yeah. uh, those of you, you keeping score at home can figure out the math on that. But uh, yeah, ironically, the one that I use the most is the only one that I technically don't have at a break even state at this point. I'm like fifty bucks behind or something on it. But oh, okay. you know, the other ones were just like there were such big wins that it was like, well. You know, as someone who just bets a couple bucks here and there because it amuses me, you know, my average bet size is like two or three dollars. Like, I'm again, I don't bet anything I can't afford to lose because let's be honest, I know why the city of Las Vegas continues to thrive. Uh, and <laughs> it's not because we get to win. That's just not how it works. No. Um, like, I like to think I'm a clever person when I'm, you know, stacking these 10 leg parlays or whatever. And when they hit, there's no better feeling because it's like, yeah, I turned a $1 dollar into a hundred. Awesome. But also, <laughs> I yeah, you know, for as many times as I've tried, like there's always the one or two legs that break the damn thing. It's a sucker's bet, and I know it, but I do it anyway. So yeah. I to try to keep the bet slow.
0: <laughs> I, I did bet MGM for a little bit. I mean, it, it was all right. It was on. Uh, I, I I usually I use the app now just to look at odds. I'm not too mm-hmm. big of a of a better. Uh, plus, it got to a. point... It wasn't breaking my bank or anything, but it, they, they were like charging some weird fees, like. No, <laughs> so that was the I...
1: one piece that was super annoying to me, and one of the reasons that I, you know, kind of took my money out and left it out. Because, as I mentioned, uh, okay, yeah, on all of those, you know, Barstool, I had it, um, MGM, I had it, Caesars, I had it, uh, and I think DraftKings, too. Like, I basically won that same bet like four different ways, um, yeah. which was which was fun, don't get me wrong, uh, but. When I won that, I was like, all right, well, if I leave it in here, I'm just going to piss it away. So I might as well pull all this money out now. That said, you know, when you do like a PayPal withdrawal, MGM actually withheld, or it was, I don't know if it was MGM or PayPal that did it, but one of those two entities held back like the amount that I was supposed to hold out for taxes, which like super handy, but also like wasn't planning on making that much money to even have to report it. Turns out anything over $600, they'll like, you know, keep that and, you know, withhold it for your taxes. So I guess yeah. it's sort of helpful, but also sort of annoying because it's like, yeah, I wanted to pull up, you know, X number of dollars and it's like, I can't do that. So I don't use those ones as much.
0: Uh, I don't know how we got that off topic from the NBA, but um, no, I think you covered it with, um, with, the, with, the, uh, with the Nuggets. I will say this, like Jochik, I mean, everyone just seems to like the guy. You hardly see, listen, I know a lot of people have their opinions about LeBron uh, people have their opinions about Curry because he keeps winning, maybe a little too much for some people. Um, but with with the Joker, man, I mean, he's such a likable guy. Plus, that post game interview was funny, where he was just mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I want to go home. Oh, there's a parade this week. No, I want to go home. Oh, okay, I got to save for and the like parade. Okay, you know why not? I I admire that because he's just
1: being himself. Yeah, like, he's not saying the exact thing that you, you know, he, th- that obviously every PR person would be like, Yeah, of course you're excited for the parade, right? because that's what every <laughs> PR person would want you to say. But he's just authentic. It's like, yeah, I guess, but, but yeah, you know, really, I'd rather go home. You know, I'm not from here. I live in Serbia half the year. So, yeah. yeah, I'd like to go home with my family. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Good on you for that.
0: Uh, another championship to discuss that happened last Saturday, Amanda Nunez, she defended her bantamweight title. She's got two belts or did have two belts. Uh, Bantam and she welter did or
1: Bantam and Light, I forget. Uh, what's
0: that? Say that again. Which were her two titles? I forget. Uh, Featherweight and played. Bantamweight. I mean, Featherweight go. was kind of, I don't want to shit on it, but no one was in the Featherweight division. They made that belt because of Chris Cyborg and she had conflict with the UFC, so they never could really form a division with her anyway. Um, but yeah, it, uh, she defeated uh aldona irene Aldana, who i thought it was a really good fighter and earned her uh, number one contender spot but unfortunately she, amanda was just too much which just really shows you what kind of a dominant career amanda had because she did announce after the fight that she is retiring from the sport but listen to this i mean when you think of women's mma obviously ronda rousey is the first name that come to mind comes to mind chris cyborg She's the first fighter that name. comes
1: to mind but it's not because of the dominant stretch she had Like, when I think of women's MMA, I think of Holly Holm kicking her in her face.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Holly Holm. Yes, because that was a very humble pie moment. But uh, Ronda Rousey and Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunes beat those two in 99 seconds combined. You mentioned Holly Holm. Amanda Nunes knocked her out in the first round. Another uh, female fighter who doesn't get talked about as much, but she's up there in the top tier of women's, especially when it comes to... Kind of helping build women's MMA is Misha Tate. Uh, she was the champion For and day, Amanda day. Nunes submitted her in the first round. Um, just the fighters that is Amanda Nunes, Nunes... Like undefeated. Didn't she retire with the undefeated, or did she have Oh uh, no, of she was not undefeated. She lost. No, Amanda Nunes actually lost last year to or the year before to Juliana Pena, and then Nunes avenged that loss, dominating Pena all five rounds. Uh, by the way, someone in the chat was asking, uh, Tyler is asking, do you think Pena beat nu- uh, beats Nunez, I assume, in a third round? Listen, uh, Pena got Nunez on an off night, um, and, and nothing to take away from Pena. She got the job done. But in the rematch, so it as doesn't a matter champ- when you
1: beat the champ, you beat the champ.
0: Yeah, but in the rematch... Uh, defending the belt for the first time, Pena just got destroyed. And people were concerned because Nunes completely changed her coaching staff and gym. Like, that's a weird thing to do for one loss. Uh, but Nunes did just fine. People were concerned how she would look, and she just dominated uh, Pena. Um, I mean, and listen, I know she beat Valentina Shevchenko twice. The second one was a little controversial. But listen, I, I mean, it's not the first, it's not the only time that's ever happened in the sport. Um, She has dominated the biggest names in women's MMA. Uh, I mean, she is hands down the goat. Um, I know you don't follow UFC as closely as I do, but uh, do you have like a, a reaction or a takeaway from Amanda Nunes career?
1: Honestly, I just think it's, I, I always respect it when someone goes out on top. Yeah. And I, I recognize that there is a lot of, a lot of reasons, yeah, usually in the millions of them, frankly, to just you know keep trying to Brett Favre it and milk every last bit out of it. No, oh, but I respect it when an out a- when an athlete is willing to go out at the peak of their game. Well, I mean not necessarily at the peak, but like where they know, all right, yep, uh, th- we're we're downhill from here, so let's remember the good times. Let's just you know, focus on you know that legacy and not tarnish it there at the very end. I respect that a lot.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of fighters that do retire and then come back, and they just aren't the same. Um, you can tell Amanda's not going to come back. Like, she was in the octagon with uh, with her girlfriend, uh, their daughter, and the rest of her coaches. Like, they're in the cage dancing around. And, like, her two-year-old daughter was just, like, dancing around the cage, which was pretty pretty cute to see. Uh, you can tell she's really happy, and she's, she's done, uh, which is... Both good and yes. bad at the same time. Like, there's, it's obviously sad that she's gone. I still remember the first UFC pay per view I watched from start to finish. Amanda was on it. And that was the fight where she got herself the title shot. So, um, me personally, as, as an MMA fan, you know, I'll always remember that and uh, how she did in the first time. I've watched UFC fights before, but never like an event from start to finish. That makes sense.
1: I mean, you know. frankly, I'm one of those you kind of, I, I would go out to the bar and see whenever it was like a big prominent fight. Um, You know, some of the really big names coming at it. Um, See? Like, like, I remember seeing live when, you know, Holly Holm picked the shit out Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I remember live watching McGregor and Jose Aldo when McGregor had that 13-second you know, knockout with that one hard left and just cooked. Um Yeah. And I also remember watching him in Floyd Mayweather box, but that's not relevant in this case. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's just... What's- See I'm the a problem recreational with th- MMA fan, I guess, is the way I put
0: it. To be honest, man, I've kind of turned into that too. The product has not been very good lately. It just I, I think there are a lot of good technical fighters right now, but man, I, I kind of find myself in a position where I just like listen, I'm not gonna lie, a lot of people do this. I'll just look for a free version online. I mean, I'm not the one streaming it, so I'm not the one that can get in trouble. I'm not the one providing that stream. Um but yeah, by the way, ESPN Plus, I, I am not a fan of their service for whatever reason. Like, I can watch KU games just fine or other events. But Sometimes, for whatever reason, yeah. when you pay 70, 80 bucks, whatever it is now, dude, my service keeps freezing up. And I contacted ESPN Plus. They're like, oh, we see your uh, your internet speed was not very good. I'm like, sir. And I had the video because I had to prove it to them. I'm, I'm like, the entire event is just lag. Like buffer, mm-hmm. buffer, buffer, buffer. And I have you know my Amazon Alexa right below, it is doing just fine. It's also on the same Wi-Fi. So and they're like, oh yeah, but you need a stronger Wi-Fi for ESPN Plus. I'm like, no, no, the ESPN Plus works just fine when I stream other stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just okay, though. We we kind of talked about this earlier with streaming services. You know, you gotta your Wi-Fi's gotta be good, and these it's funny. The streaming service will blame the Wi-Fi, and the Wi-Fi will blame the, blame the streaming service. So you can never yeah. get your it, way and there. Both of them are occasionally right,
1: so neither of them ever <laughs> have to take accountability for it. Um,
0: I did want to really ask quite you. Useful for that. I did want to bring up um, Messi coming to the MLS. I was really happy for him when he won the World Cup.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, listen, soccer is just a very fascinating sport. I know it's not as prominent in the U.S. Um, compared to the NFL, obviously, but Sure. This is very interesting. Is Messi going to bring eyes to the sport of soccer uh, for Americans? I don't think so. I really don't. They tried this with David Beckham back in 08, 09, when he signed with the Something Galaxy. Like um, Honestly, like I know the Galaxy went on to win a championship, but was Beckham a big part of that? No. In my opinion, he's honestly one of the most overrated athletes of all time. I know women think he looks great and all that. Yeah, sure. Cool. But I mean, OK, other than his looks, is there anything else you can really add? I mean, listen, I know there were a lot of women that were buying his jerseys, too. But how many of them actually watched his games? Because no one was talking about David Beckham dominating in Major League Soccer. No one. And I'm not saying, Messi's well, not capable it's also of the him.
1: equivalent of like, you know, if you remember when Michael Jordan left and went to play baseball. Yeah. So he leaves the absolute limelight for someplace substantially less limelighty. Picture that. But instead of playing baseball, he's playing basketball against those same guys. So he's just absolutely dominating on these, you know, by comparison, schlubs. That's not to knock MLS players. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to say here. But, you know, it's just the man (laughs) among boys in this case. That I believe is how David Beckham was perceived when it came to MLS. Though frankly, that was before even I started paying attention to MLS. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I, I, don't have a good enough frame of reference. But I also know that Messi is a much higher profile player than Beckham was. I 100 like Messi is it's him and like Pele. Frankly, I think like, th- that's the class that he's considered in. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's been going up against Ronaldo his entire career, but I think it's pretty well understood at this point that he's surpassed Ronaldo. Uh, and frankly, he he is still, is he at the absolute apex of his powers? No, probably not. Uh, but I think he is closer to it than Beckham was when he came over. Or frankly, even then when like you, know, you had Ibrahimović came over and played for LAFC for a year or two and you know was pretty good there. Gareth Bale and played for LAFC last year. You has know, some other prominent international players coming over. At you know, I mean, frankly, Gareth Bale was younger than Messi was, but he's also got a way longer injury uh, history, so it's not quite the same. And again, Messi is the guy, like the but, number one. Like Saudi was going to pay him like one point six billion dollars or something crazy to go in. You no, know, I agree with all that though. Because
0: like, I saw like in Miami, they're. Instagram and Twitter followers like skyrocketed when he signed. Yeah. But is it is that going to bring a lot of eyes to the sport of soccer, or specifically the the MLS? Because
1: I don't, uh, think I don't know. Uh, I, if you ask me, like, will it net out with a larger viewership than they currently have? Yes, I think it will. Now the question is, does that come from moderately intrigued? like foreign Messi fans who just will follow Messi wherever he goes. And upon Messi's retirement or leaving inter Miami, they will cease giving a shit. Um, that's entirely possible. I don't know for sure. Uh, Um, but that's entirely possible, but I think what they're hoping is that it gets the casual fan who maybe watched the world cup a little bit, or at least was loosely aware of it. Um, yeah. Or the fact that again, he's got that Michael Jordan status. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wonder if that doesn't get the occasional casual fan off the sidelines to pay a little bit more attention. You know that maybe they buy the ticket whenever you know Messi comes to their town, just because you know they want to see him. Uh, frankly, you know, I mean, I'm obviously I pay a little bit more attention to Sporting KC than uh, than I certainly ever used to. Uh, so I would consider myself you know, kind of a casual soccer fan there. I'm probably not the demo there trying to get off the sidelines here because I don't think they view me as totally on the sidelines. But you could bet I'm going to try to find a way to be at Children's Mercy Park the first time Inter Miami comes in. Like, don't kid yourself. Like, no, yeah, of that's course good point. I want to see that. Yeah, uh, some like, people
0: would be curious. To there's see a that unique for sure.
1: spectacle aspect, and so I, I would hope just for the sake of growing the game here in the states. And I think that it, yeah. There are enough good athletes in this country to make it go around. And frankly, I want to see the US win a World Cup someday. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh if it can help grow the game here the way that um uh, you know, the way that it did accelerate a little bit when Beckham came in. But I think, you know, reading into more of the history of it and pro- frankly, I didn't know any of this history pre-Messi coming to the MLS. Like this is all so much before my time. But they're all comparing it to when Pele came over and was playing in New York. Uh, you know, where it was the absolute greatest at his sport at the you know, well, maybe not quite the height of his powers, but not fully diminished either yeah. um, coming over and playing in American. They say that that was kind of where a lot of the MLS that David Beckham came over and fixed. A lot of that had its roots in when Pele came over to the U S the first time. So who knows, maybe Messi could come over and, you know, make a, make an impact for the growing growth of the game here in the States. I think it's certainly a useful thing. Um, frankly, I just think of the fact that I don't think that the acceleration in soccer will dilute the product in any other sport. If you look at the body types and the guys who go on to be successful in soccer, it's guys who are usually too small to succeed in the NFL or in the NBA. And it's, yeah, while it's certainly not as accessible as it could be, um, it definitely needs to get better that way, uh, from a youth perspective, but it's certainly more accessible than baseball you know you need a ball and the net exists same way that you know basketball is all you need is a ball and so yeah. it's just naturally accessible and i think that you'll get more kids playing it ideally and i think that can only be in that positive so anyway I that's my soapbox
0: for that i don't think so man i i, I just think I, I i can get your point about like trying to reach out and, and you know maybe the younger generation but Man, at the end of the day, if there's not enough soccer coverage, which I don't think that's going to change with Messi, it, it, maybe for like one or two games, yeah, people will be very curious. But after that, man, it's like, you know, what does everyone talk about? The NFL, the NBA, Um, you, you know, the, I, I think, you know, that's always going to be the sport that dominates. But even then, like, I know that's not the point of discussion. I, yeah. I just don't see soccer growing because Messi's coming here. I really don't. So that's uh um... i
1: think that no do i think that it grows strictly just because of Messi? not necessarily do i think he's also a useful catalyst yes like it certainly can't hurt
0: yeah like i said i think it'll be i think there will be a very small curiosity factor mm-hmm. if they can find a way and they to... have
1: to hope they can retain a few of those yeah that's folks. that's
0: the thing that's what i was gonna say if they can find a way to Get that to turn from short term to long term. Yeah, I think that they can maybe build on something there. Um, Last thing I did want to discuss. Um, So, have you ever played the game or have you ever watched the TV show The Last of Us? No. Oh, neither one of
1: them. No. So I'm aware of the TV show. It's on my like admittedly very lengthy list of things that people have recommended to me yeah that I, just I have, have a very to lengthy to. list like, too. i think everybody does there's only somebody i was in the day <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly I, I mean frankly this most recent season where i was tracking ted last so succession it varies the first time i can actually remember tracking three shows at once that like all were coming to nearly an end all at once um and like actually watching them on a weekly basis as they came out like that's the first time in a very long time that i've done that
0: Okay, what uh, what gaming do you do? Are you on a PlayStation, Xbox, or what are what PlayStation? Are you
1: I mean, okay, but that's just the occasional FIFA game, let's be honest here.
0: Oh, I was gonna ask, do you ever play like any story, any video games that's heavily based on story?
1: Uh, played the Star Wars Jedi one. Okay, so uh, you're not, you're not as big or, or whatever, yeah. And I, I, I'm
0: not as big of a gamer. I mean, I just play Final Fantasy, Grand Theft Auto, a couple of zombie games, so I'm not that big of a gamer. I either. definitely
1: used to, but I just, you know. This whole adulting thing means I have way less time to do it.
0: No, that's understandable. So here's the thing with The Last of Us. It is a very, like, the gameplay's fun, but it is a Mm -hmm. very, very story-centric game. Not a lot of games Mm -hmm. are like that. I mean, there are some, but this one was very story-focused. This Mm -hmm. is one of the very few games that have turned into a movie or a TV show, and it was wildly... Like, I know the Super Mario Brothers, like, yeah, that happened. That's different. But it, it's not, like, you can do whatever that you want. That wasn't because it was such story. a good
1: story. It was because yeah. the game itself was good, and it became you know, a pop like culture the, phenomenon that's different. Yeah,
0: The Last of Us, they copied the script. Now, they did a couple major changes, but for the most part, the story was prominently the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I I suggest the show, or the game, or both, if you ever, hmm, excuse me, if you ever uh, get a chance, because uh, uh, were you a big Walking Dead fan, or did you ever watch that? Yeah, I watched a little of that.
1: I mean, OK, it was, yeah, it, it was one of those that I had a friend who was paying way closer attention to a roommate at the time. And so, like, I would catch bits and pieces.
0: OK, fair enough. Um, but not I was something I watched really. I, I was hooked on The Walking Dead. So that really got me into the zombie genre for a little bit. I know the zombie genre is not as big today, but the last it's not even like the zombies are not even a focal point of that story either. Um, it is a fantastic story. I do recommend it. it can, anyway, the right reason I bring it up, it came out, the game on the PlayStation 3 came out 10 years ago today, uh, which is hard to believe it's been 10 years. Uh, where was I 10 years ago today? I was in college. I think I was getting ready for my senior year of college. Or my exactly. super senior year. I think that's year. about
1: yeah. when I would have met you was in this neighborhood. Actually, Yeah, probably yeah about 10 years it was. Ago
0: was, I was. I remember
1: tours at KU, and actually, I think that was the summer I did the show with Schwartz.
0: Yeah, I remember. (laughs) I remember uh, we were um, sadly in the the, the Charlie Weiss years. Yeah, Charlie Weiss years. Yeah. Because I think you were a freshman and I was was in my first year also as a transfer student. So um, it was both of our first years at KU uh, and Mm -hmm. we did the uh, KU South Dakota State game. I still remember when you were, uh, you saw Tim Grunhard lash out at.
1: Oh, he was, dude, the thing that I knew I couldn't say on the radio. um,
0: And you were just like they were like yeah guys he's Missed, guys. pissed off and yep. i just start laughing i'm like i look over Can't to the radio, my co-host Strachman. and also my um the, the sports director yeah in who, who was spotting for us i go and like i'm not saying it but i'm kind of giving the face like was he allowed to say that and then I, a week less than a week later I think Brett Musburger said the same thing, and Kirk Herbstreet is struggling controlling his laughter in that moment. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one to do that. So,
1: yeah, uh, for good. the amount I didn't love Brent Musburger, like that's, yeah, you know, I guess like he's still an icon of the profession that I certainly never pursued, but yeah, you know, so I could be compared oh, yeah. to worse. But man, too many years of watching him and Bobby Knight commentating on Big 12 games. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Bobby yeah. Knight.
0: Where Where is Bobby Knight now? Does anyone know? Uh, Maybe a quick little Wikipedia search could could say something. Awkward moment where I'm like, is he
1: uh, is is he dead?
0: He's he's no, he's he's most certainly alive. He's he's uh, 82 years old. Um, No, it's funny. Somebody, he's he's at that age where
1: it's like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Come on now.
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, if you recall, um, when Andrew Wiggins was at KU, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it was for Big 12 Media Days in Kansas City. Somebody asked Bill Self, they said, hey, um, we know Andrew is supposed to be the next big thing. Has he received any advice from Danny Manning or Wilt Chamberlain? And Bill Self was like, "Um, Danny might have. And I think some people in the room were not aware. Wilt had been dead
1: for many years. Um, Wilt Chamberlain died a long time before that.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and listen, by the way, it's funny. I have a because I mean, you and I, we were both in student media, and mm-hmm. I people were just like accusing who the person who asked that they just accused like a student of asking that because they would think only a student would ask that kind of a question because students do have access to college coaches in this mm-hmm. kind of manner, and they um, do say dumb things. I mean, I was accused of saying it. I had classmates who were accused of being the guy who said I'm like why, Um, but I do think that was honestly like. That and the whole, like, Charlie Weiss newspaper thing, which you and I have gone over before, those Still have to fine. be, like, one of the funniest moments. Like, you know, hey, is Danny, or, uh, not Danny, Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, did yeah. he uh, reach out?
1: It's like, well, you, you know, I'll get the Ouija board out maybe and we'll see, but probably not. All
0: right, <laughs> oh, that's boy. terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. <laughs> that's okay. It's bro. one of
1: those things I like, speaking of Wilt, just, I saw a thing running yesterday because, of course, Jokic should won the NBA title, right? And they're talking like, oh, where does he rank the greatest centers of all time? The number of people who are disrespecting will Chamberlain's name, man, like they're ranking him below Bill Russell and Kareem and Shaq. And it's like, no, that man absolutely changed the entire face of the NBA. Like, they I, I changed think, the rules for that man. Listen,
0: let me. You you raise a good point, but here's something important to be aware of, because the people who did watch him, so his I have it in front of me, his playing career in the NBA was from 58 to 73. We're at a point now where the people who forget about being alive. I'm talking about people who were alive and can actually remember what they watched back then. Sure. A lot of those people are not around anymore. So yeah. when you think about, you know, talking about history, we're getting to a like, look at the, look at the, um, look at uh, the chiefs when they first came to Kansas city, you, you think of uh, Lamar Hunt, Len Dawson, Otis Taylor, and look at Norma Hunt, who recently passed away. All those mm. names I mentioned are all people who are no longer with us, and unfortunately, um, that list is only getting smaller and smaller. So, twenty years from now, you know who is going to tell the story? Like, yeah, sure, Clark Hunt, but even though he was the 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 son of Lamar, he wasn't there. So, being there. You're not able to tell the story as well. Uh, which by the way, I don't think this is something that gets talked about often with sports history because we are getting to a point in time where you know some of the sports icons um from the 70s and 80s, the people who watch those people are not gonna be around in the next couple of decades. Sports history is gonna see a very interesting turn, in my opinion. I agree. Um, that's where you know, conveniently a lot of it's on film, but
1: also, it's just fascinating. Like, you know, can you really compare? And I you know, I guess this is a part where I could absolutely yeah. You know, I, I think it makes for good talking head arguments for sports commentators for sure. Um, you know, oh, who's a more you know, who's a more dominant center, Jokic or Shaquille O'Neal? It's like, well, the game was different. You, know, you put those two playing one on one, it's not the same. Like Shaq's gonna bowl through. <laughs> you know, Shaq would pull through Jokic the same way Jokic would throw that weird little behind-the-head three over Shaq's head. Like it's just a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a silly argument in general. You know, but it's just one of it, those it, things that kind of amuses.
0: We talked about don't streaming. kid
1: yourself. You put Shaq in Wilt's place, like you just swap those two. I guarantee you, they change the rules for Shaq the same way they did for Wilt. You Maybe know what's even more interesting so. though?
0: Because um, <laughs> we talked about streaming services, and this will be the last thing, and we'll get out of here. Um, because it's been a lengthy podcast, but uh well, you and part- I going over the intended time. We've never done that oh, before, yeah, ever. Yeah, I, I do, as that, as do, I do that. I do that all the time. Uh especially with a guest. I mean, you're talking double the double the thoughts. Uh but anyway, yeah. m- my point is um with sports history, a lot of stuff. They're on YouTube now. When did YouTube first come out? I think it was 2005. five. Oh, five maybe? Yeah. When did YouTube come? Because I remember I was a freshman in high school when YouTube first came out. Yeah, February 14th, 2005. So a senior in high school um, that maybe graduated this year or an 18-year-old that's going to start next year, dude, they were born in the year 2005. Think about that, okay? Uh, like, we're getting to a point now where you uh, YouTube old as hell. is older than people. Yeah, dude, I- I'm at that point now where it's like, when you think about streaming services, it- it- I don't know if um, you uh keep in touch with any like teachers on social media. I have a couple. Um, yeah, I've got a handful. Was... Yeah, yeah. There was nothing a... brings
1: me more joy than when a certain high school journalism professor yeah you know, likes a tweet that I put out there that I thought was particularly <laughs> funny. Like I can get no other likes, and if I get that one, I'm like nailed it. Yeah, you did something right. Shout uh, no, to Jim I have Cross.
0: a. I have a history teacher who, uh, a couple of years ago, wrote something on his Facebook. He said that uh, his entire, every single student, um, was not born on nine eleven. And I just thought about that. I'm like, man, I was in fifth grade. What? What? Grade- you were in third grade, right? Third or yeah. second, maybe. A second, maybe. Okay. One of those. Yeah, it's like you know. Now you're at a point like you remember where you were for nine when nine eleven mm-hmm. happened. Now it's like there are people out there who were not born who are. In college now, or young adults. So, yeah, I know we got off topic with sports history, but you know, with the seventies and eighties, the players that paved the way for those who are now dominating the sport today, the people who watch back then, man, they're not going to be around soon. And I'm just curious how people are going to be able to retell history because um, the people who saw the first ten Super Bowls, they're not going to be around for the next whenever yeah. super bowl 70 comes around so yeah it is kind of interesting i'm i'm wondering how that happens in the future with uh with good old sports history so we'll yeah, leave it at that fascinating all right man good stuff as always uh i know you're on yeah, twitter at ground at damn Stegenga, so uh everyone can uh go give zach a follow there uh we'll do this again sometime man You take care of yourself for sure i mean you know anytime you know how to find me and if all you right. do bring the Chief zone back, I mean, I'm more than happy to guest show on that, too. So we'll we'll discuss that later. Uh, but until then, I appreciate all the guys who listen to this episode of ForestCast. Appreciate those who watch the live stream. If you enjoy the show, share the links, uh, share the podcast stream with your friends on social media. Let our friend know about the podcast. Until then, I'm out of here. Talk to you guys later. Take care.